All right, welcome into the AI podcast. We're calling this week 39, part two. Uh, apologies for the delayed release. Fully intended on releasing this on Sunday night. However, I had fallen ill and am still on the recovery train. So, with you live, as always, uh, live for us at least, Isaiah Sanders and myself here to discuss the uh, demolition that took place in Glendale, Arizona on Sunday between the Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals. Isaiah, how was your uh, first full Sunday of uh, football narcotic for you? Well, it was fantastic, especially with the way the Kansas City Chiefs played. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes throwing five touchdown passes was absolutely incredible. Um, did not look like they missed Tyreek Hill all that much, I think we can say. Um, just, yeah, incredible performance there on Sunday. And on a Sunday where we had a lot of pretty rough football overall, the Chiefs uh, looked like they did not miss a beat. No, certainly not. And to your point about the rough football, this is, in my opinion, what has become a result of that final preseason, or I guess, yeah, the final preseason game being removed. That's typically when all of your uh, guys play for roster spots, and week three of the preseason is generally when your starters play oh, at least a half in some cases. Now, some of the starters don't even play in the preseason, and so this is their preseason. And so we certainly witnessed that this week. But let's get into this here. The Kansas City Chiefs, uh, 44-21 to beatdown of the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, and it was not even close for a second. I, I did not sweat once the entire, the entire broadcast. I mean, as soon as the Cardinals had the stones to win the toss and defer to Patrick Mahomes, I said, well, this game ain't going to last very long. And, uh, yeah, that is exactly what happened. I mean, without Tyree Kill, who would have thought Mahomes would have went for 360 and five touchdowns in his first game uh, without Tyree Kill? Travis Kelsey, big day, as always, 121 yards on eight catches. And then uh, Juju Smith-Schuster coming in with six catches for 79 yards. And he got eight targets, so second most to Travis Kelsey. Um, nine receivers targeted by, or excuse me, nine receivers caught a pass mm -hmm. from Patrick Mahomes, which you, you generally wouldn't have seen that last year. I mean, he probably would have thrown the ball to Marcus Robinson's way once or twice, but, um, nine different receivers catching the ball. What do you think of that? Oh, it was fantastic. We talked about, uh, before the season started, we thought this was going to be a group effort. Um, <clears throat> even Patrick Mahomes said as much. Uh, it was great to see that Juju at least was getting a majority of the targets here in this first game because um, he's a guy I think they really need to have step up, and he certainly did here in game one. So that was great to see. Um, and he did some things over the middle. Obviously, Travis Kelsey getting that first touchdown. Um, limited use. Sky Moore had just the one catch for 30 yards. Um, me Cole cut a touchdown pass. Uh, and you know, just to talk about the Chiefs running game a little bit, uh, Clyde Edwards Elaire looked really good, actually. Looked like he was uh, 
running like his job was on the line or that he was potentially going to get traded. So glad to see him come out with a little juice to start the year. Yeah, certainly. That's something I have written down here as well. Uh, And he came out demonstrating uh, that vision, that running back vision that I think he really lacked last year. I mean, they ran a couple counter plays early on, and he really found those holes that the offensive line made for him and turned what last year probably would have been a two-yard gain into a a seven- or eight-yard gain a couple of times. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, also, he led the team in rushing 62 yards, most of that coming in garbage time, but this is a guy that the Chiefs are are liking. I mean, he has a seventh-round pick out of Rutgers, and. the Chiefs are giving this guy a chance, and it looks like he's going to get a fair amount of totes this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, this is a team that also had Ronald Jones and uh, Jerry McKinnon on depth chart. I believe Ronald was inactive for this game. Um, but it speaks volumes that they gave, you know, even if it is at the end of the game, they gave him 12 carries, and, you know, he broke off the longest run of the offense today, 22 yards, and he looked good when he was in there. And granted, he was playing against some back. Uh, I think the Cardinals had some backups in at that point, but still, uh, it was encouraging to see again. You're talking about a seventh round pick. Not a lot of seventh round picks even end up making the roster. So to see that as I out of Pacheco and to see him, you know, have a decent kick return there. I think he had it for just over 20 yards. Uh, so to see that, very encouraging. Can provide a little more juice to this offense. Jarrett McKinnon also had a. 18-yard run, so good to see. After he was a late-year addition. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Sky Moore, too. He only had one catch in the game, but he was on uh, punt return duties for most of the game. I thought made some pretty good decisions as well. So mm-hmm. that might be a role that he's going to embrace and hopefully get him more involved in the offense because I think he's a guy that when he gets the ball, he can make plays happen with his feet and with that uh, strong body of his. Uh, he might be able to to shed a bit more contact than a Tyreek or a McCole Hardman. Um, one thing that did pleasantly surprise me, and I'm taking it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but not too much, is that the defense played really well um, and contained a quarterback who, I mean, Isaiah, there was one play uh, Kyler Murray had a, a QB draw and he took off for like a 25 yard run. And I mean, that guy is so fast um, that it was just automatic. And I'm like, why aren't the Cardinals doing this more? Um, he's that's clearly one of his, you know, trademarks. Uh, but the defense, the, the corners especially played well. The defensive line got home three sacks, really put some pressure on. Kyler Murray, so I was pleasantly surprised with the defense's performance in week one. Yeah, that was encouraging to see. Uh, Carlos Dunlap picked up a sack. Kershawn Wharton, so we didn't see Frank Clark or Chris Jones get home. Um, Kershawn Wharton actually had a couple quarterback hits. And then Legereus Sneed, who, you know, uh, Spax loves to move around in this defense. He got a sack. He got a couple quarterback hits. And so coming out of that slot, um, encouraging there. Juan Thornhill had a couple pass breakups, so that was great seeing him getting his hands on the ball, especially with Tyron Matthew being out of this defense. Yeah, the defense played really well, even if you know this is a Cardinals team that doesn't have 
DeAndre Hopkins right now, and they're targeting Greg Dortch um, nine times. Uh, so they're certainly limited in that regard. But even just their ability to kind of limit the Cardinals' run game um, was impressive. Like you said, like why weren't the Cardinals running the ball more with Tyler? Um, they just couldn't get into any sort of offensive rhythm. Um, all day it really seemed. They did have the one touchdown drive there in the second quarter. But, I mean, the Chiefs' first three drives all ended in touchdowns. Cardinals certainly did not have that kind of success. Yeah, certainly a disappointing start for the uh, for the Arizona Cardinals offensively and defensively. Their defense was supposed to be something, and they just got destroyed. It, that was something. I mean, you give Andy Reid all this time to prepare for a defense, you got to come up with a better game plan than that. I thought they would have something better considering Vance Joseph is the D coordinator, and uh, he used to be the Broncos coach for all those years when the Broncos defense seemed to be the the kryptonite for the Chiefs, and uh, it was not to be. So moving on from the Chiefs game, well, I want to discuss a couple of things that happened around the league in week one. And Isaiah, the first thing I want to get to is the Cincinnati and Pittsburgh game. Did you watch that? I saw some highlights. I saw the pick six, saw a couple different things in overtime. So, Yeah, I'm telling you, Joe Burrow looked ice cold in the worst way possible. Uh, Four interceptions, three of them in the first half, and uh, a fumble as well. So five total turnovers, and somehow Cincinnati found themselves in a position multiple times to win this game. And uh, their kicker, Evan McPherson, had been absolutely automatic all of last year. And he just completely yanked like a 40-yard field goal to win it in overtime. And uh, Chris Boswell returned the favor by hitting one off the upright. And then it came down to the final kick of the game. And the Pittsburgh Steelers went into Cincinnati and defeated the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals in week one quite a surprise um but i have to say i i do owe you a bit of an apology Mm. uh, because mike tomlin i mean i know that he's a he's a good coach that guy might be one of the best coaches the league has ever seen just in terms of being able to make something out of nothing uh mitch trubisky did not play great no and yet they were able to put up points on the board because of that defense now, it'll be it'll be something to see. It looks like T.J. Watt could potentially be done for the year with the torn pec. Um, but he's not the only guy on that defense. Cam Hayward, you got Minka Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush. I mean, they got playmakers all over that defense. That team is going to be just fine, as if uh, even if they're just missing their superstar. But that defense is going to carry. Uh, that team and that defense, if Pittsburgh makes the playoffs, the defense is going to be the major reason why. No doubt about it. Um, again, I talked about it earlier in the year, how Mike Tomlin and this team would not be a bad team. And they were one of my picks. You follow me on Twitter. They were actually the only pick that I got right of my three against the spread. Wait, wait. <laughs> uh, I had the Steelers and I had the 49ers, and then the Eagles, who also should have covered, but they blew a, li- they blew a huge lead. Um, Gotta love it. But yeah, 
Uh, impressive win by the Steelers. Um, it's crazy the Bengals were even in this game with Joe Burrow throwing those four picks, but that's how bad the Steelers were on offense. And Joe Burrow took, yep. took seven sacks. This is an improved offensive line, and he had a pretty low pressure rate, but when the Steelers did get pressure, each time they did, they sacked him. So, um, yeah, Burrow's got to learn to get rid of that football, know when to throw the ball out of bounds. Um, He's just got to work on that a little bit. I thought the Bengals would regress this year. I did not think it would look like four interceptions on opening week, but here we are. For sure. Yeah, that offensive line was supposed to be brand new and uh, looked the same as the old, to be honest with you. Uh, Another thing I wanted to touch on briefly, uh, I was a little skeptical when A.J. Brown decided to leave uh, Tennessee, I guess he was traded, but traded to the Eagles. I was like, you know, I don't really know how that's going to work out for him. Jalen Hurts, not really a proven quarterback. Uh, but big first week for AJ Brown, 10 catches for 155. And as you mentioned, uh, the Eagles were sitting nice to cover the spread easily and, uh, almost lost the game to the Detroit, to the, uh, Detroit Lions, (laughs) if you will. Uh, and Lions put up a fight, I mean, but that Eagles defense, the Lions offense ain't exactly, you know, something to write home about, uh, but we'll see the Eagles and the Giants and the Washington R's, uh, <laughs> all win this week. How about that? Everyone but the Dallas Cowgirls won Everyone but in the, the NFC East. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I, I want to pick your brain about this. So you already touched on the San Francisco 49ers losing to the Chicago Bears, uh, which, by the way, rip your week one survivor pick. Uh, you thought that was a given. <laughs> yep. But uh, it was not the case. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on initial thoughts on Trey Lance. I'm I'm willing to write off this week because that weather, I don't know if you saw the field conditions oh, yeah. and the weather conditions in Chicago. It was terrible. I mean, it was pouring rain all day. Uh so I don't really put too much stock into that now. You see two or three more weeks of that. And if you're a 49ers fan or or a coach, you're wondering, okay, Jimmy G, are you gonna come back and uh play for us or or what's the deal here yeah no it was again the field conditions were terrible so we have to take that into consideration uh neither quarterback completed 50 percent of their passes again this is two second year guys but still um you'd hope for a little bit more especially in the 49ers offense where you know kyle's doing a lot of the scheming up trying to design plays to get guys open um, but again, field conditions awful and they lost their starting running back. So had to use Debo more so in the backfield than at receiver. So a lot of factors here, but Trey Lance did not look good. Um, don't get it wrong. So that was concerning to see, especially for my fantasy team. Um, and he took a couple sacks against, again, I think the Bears have one of the worst rosters in football. And the fact that they were able to get a home win against what should be a much better 49ers team, even with the weather, like, 
Oh, just bad deal. So I'll have to see next week against Seattle, um, where the weather should be fine to really get an evaluation here on Trey Lance. Yeah, and you know, good for the Bears. That's a big win for them, especially when they're probably not going to see more than four wins all year. <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, and then lastly, you wanted to get to a little, a little coaching malpractice here. Uh, if you guys remember last season, we discussed some of the poor coaching decisions that were made um, by coaches week to week. And uh, you got a good one for us. Yeah, so I have to go after the Houston Texans here and Lovey Smith. You know, they had a. 22-3 lead in the second half. And it's one thing to blow that lead there, allow the Colts to come back. Um, but my biggest issue is that in overtime, they get the ball down to the Colts' 49-yard line, and it is fourth and three with 20 seconds left. And you know you're not a great team. Like, what? Lovey Smith and the Texans aware they're not they're not a playoff contender. They're hoping for a developmental year, hoping to see if they have something with David Mills at quarterback. And it's fourth and three, 20 seconds left. You've fought hard all game to try and get a win against this Colts team. And they decide to punt and basically play for the tie. You know, as long as the punt is not blocked, you're getting a tie out of this result. Um <laughs> when they easily have tried to run a play, tried to get the ball into field goal range. Um, but instead, they punt, give the Colts a couple plays, nothing happens there, and they get the tie here in week one. But I just thought that was atrocious. You had a 23 to bleed at one point, and now you decide to just punt the game away to tie. Yeah, no, you should always be trying to win the game. That is, unless you're the Chargers and the Raiders in the final game of last season in that case you should have definitely played the tie (laughs) but anyway that's it for us in this episode uh come back on thursday and catch our preview of the chiefs and chargers thursday night football so we're out of here until next time